Hello, and welcome to the 70s Weekly Countdown with Mark and Pete, a show where two friends review a randomly chosen American Top 40 episode from the 1970s, the most interesting decade in pop music. My name is Mark Robeck, and with me is my friend and co-host, Peter Gardo. Say hello, Pete. Hello, Pete. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back for those of you that endured uh, episode one, and uh, hopefully we'll make this a little tighter and uh, less uh, uh, timely. Uh, than last time yeah so pete and i have been friends for 30 plus years we met in college and then ended up working together for a long time if you want a little more on that we could go back to episode one um in each episode we'll review all 40 songs uh in the chosen weeks countdown and provide some factual information on each song as well as our opinions stories and stupid comments related to it Um, At the end of the countdown, we'll provide our individual choices for best and worst song in the countdown, a song that we think will piss the other guy off, which we've labeled the agonizer. And we will give our individual A plus through F grade for the entire countdown. Since nobody has the exact same tastes in music, our opinions on individual songs may be controversial, but we otherwise intend to keep the conversation light, humorous, and hopefully entertaining. Remember, clean. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> and remember, this is just a discussion, not a competition. So please, no wagering. <laughs> Today's episode, it's episode number two, AT40 from the week of May 26, 1979, deep in the heart of disco. So um, what, uh, what were you up to in the week of May 26, 1979, Pete? I think it was Memorial Day weekend, and or close to it. I didn't look at the calendar, um, the, the paper calendar, and figure that out. But I was probably marching in the uh, in the Memorial Day parade that uh, weekend. Uh, I wasn't in high school yet, so I wasn't in the marching band, but I was with the Boy Scouts. Ah, okay. So, uh, uh, so it was you know typical, you know Memorial Day weekend and uh, 1979. Uh, yeah, and, and finishing up, uh, you know, just getting ready to go into high school the next year. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, interestingly, I was in my freshman year of high school at uh, Buckley High, which um, I, I figure we won't tell people explicitly where we grew up, and they'll just have to figure it out as time goes <laughs> by. <laughs> but uh, what I remember is I was getting ready for a big a bicycle trip i was in the the uh the high school bike club and we were gonna take a trip up into the adirondacks and go camping and interestingly something related to a couple of the songs in this countdown will come up uh, uh as we go through so that's that's um it, it was kind of amazing to me when i saw the two songs um so yeah that's uh that's what i was up to um uh, some news headlines for that uh, the, the month of May in 1979. Um, on May 8th, Radio Shack releases TRS DOS 2.3. Ooh. <laughs> Put in your TRS 80, I guess, or, or whatever model <laughs> I'd use. Um, Elton John is the first Western pop star to tour the USSR on May 20th. Um, 
And on May 26th, Dancing Fool by Frank Zappa hits number 45. It was Zappa's second highest charting single behind his 1982 song, Valley Girl. So, um, Pete, you're, uh, I I know a fan of Frank Zappa. So any, any comment on that or, um, I I remember it, uh, sort of on the radio. I I didn't get into, into Frank Zappa until I I got into, I think it's a college, but that's a Uh, great record, uh, double LP, shake your booty. So (laughs) it's one of my favorites. Yeah. It's just funny how, you know, as, as we get into this chart is, has a lot of disco in it and that, you know, Frank Zappa's song essentially making fun of that, uh, uh you know, disco culture comes out, uh, you know, right about yeah. the same time. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, to give you a quick idea of what things cost back in 1979, a gallon of gas was 86 cents. That's $3 and 41 cents in today's dollar. Today's dollar, yes. Uh, a a gallon of milk was a dollar three. That'd be four oh eight today. Average home price was sixty two thousand nine hundred dollars, and that would be two hundred and fifty thousand dollars today. Minimum wage was two dollars and ninety cents, and that would be eleven dollars and forty eight cents in today's uh, dollars. So, some interest there. Some things a little little cheaper but minimum wage today is a little bit better um tv shows in 1979 um it's interesting that abc dominated the nielsen ratings in this period the top tv shows in may of 79 were laverne and shirley three's company and mork and mindy which was a new show at the time uh, of course starring uh, robin williams right and the other things that were on then were, you know, you know, Love Boat and Fantasy Island and uh, uh, I think Barney Miller. I don't know how good that did in the, in the, uh, in the Nielsen's. Yeah. Um, and uh, Happy Days was still going. Yeah. And, uh, 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 and they probably also won the Battle of the Network Stars. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I always loved the Saturday Night Live uh take off on that they had the battle of the network best t's and a's and and my sister i remember uh, she was we were i was watching it and she saw it and she thought it was real the, the, the saturday night live uh parody of it so, yeah um all right uh quickly our data sources for the uh for the countdown of course billboard magazine that's where the charts came from and that's what the countdown is based on um websites songfast songfacts.com and uh, wikipedia.com for starters anyway and um a couple of books ranking the 70s by dan isabel and bill carroll and american top 40 with casey Kasem, the 1970s by pete battistini all right so now, as Casey would say, on with the countdown. <laughs> yeah, imitation not getting any better. No. no. <laughs> so, number 40. So, I, I let, let's just kind of go back. I think when, when uh, I was listening to this in the car uh, recently, this is, this is when American Top 40 went to, to four hours. So, they had the recap of the previous three weeks. Was that, was that the case? Do you recall? 
Yeah, yeah. It, it was funny because when I first started listening to the recording, I'm like, why are why do they have these songs playing um, before they even got into the countdown? So, because yeah. I, yeah. I think it was 1979 where they went to to uh, to four hours. I think they added more long distance dedications, and of course, at the time because they were getting near the end of the decade, uh, it was uh, also recapping uh, three songs a week of all the top number one songs of the 1970s. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so, so, and and you know, songs were getting longer. So, uh, um, but uh, uh, so we, we, you know, we could look it up, but I don't know what the top three songs were last week. Doesn't matter. Mm. Um, but anyhow, number forty. This is this is a culture uh, culturally, you know, uh, this is a big band. Sure, big sure. band. Yeah. So it's um, "Dance the Night Away" by Van Halen. Um, interesting that um, it, uh, it's a rock song about dancing in this particular countdown. <laughs> um, I, to be honest, I was never a huge Van Halen fan. You know, liked some of this stuff. Um, what I read about this is uh, this was the most friendly, uh, the lightest, most radio-friendly song on uh, the Van Halen Two album and Warner Brothers insisted that it be released as the first single but the band didn't want to but they didn't have enough clout mm-hmm. so, so the the record company got its way yeah. uh, no it's a great uh, it's a great song i was never a big van halen fan and then yeah when 1984 came out when we were in college it, it was just it was like bruce springsteen at the same time and just you know it, it was just plowed into the ground and you know yeah I, what was just interesting to me is as I listened to Dance the Night Away, I thought it sounded a little like Boston, you know, and I'm, I was kind of thinking, you know, perhaps, you know, the, the impact Boston had in the, in the mid-70s, uh, you know, sort of filtered into that. I, I don't know. You know, I don't yeah. know that the Van Halen guys would admit that even if it were true. <laughs> But yeah. uh, I, part of my problem with Van Halen is I never liked Dave Ross, yeah. and and I guess he, uh, he they had to delay their tour because he broke his foot doing a jump for the yeah. cover. <laughs> I, I actually Cheryl and I actually saw DLR uh, with the DLR band uh, out in Seattle in 2001 at uh, Bumbershoot, the uh, uh, the big festival over. Uh, uh, Labor Day weekend. Uh, who else did we also see there? The woman that did Midnight at the Oasis. We saw Chris Isaac. Oh wow! We saw so it's a big cultural thing out in Seattle. We're out to visit uh, 2001. Let's see. No, I was out there for work. Oh wow! Boeing or Boeing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and uh, Cheryl came out for the weekend, and then I, I flew home the, the Friday before 9/11. <laughs> wow! So, um, so it's like yikes. Yeah, uh, but anyhow, um, it was uh, a, a showman and, and great songs, and you know, um, you know. Anyhow, yeah. I, yeah, yeah. I mean, I could imagine he would put on a good show. Yeah, yeah. So. yeah. All right, all right. Number thirty-nine. Yeah. So this is "Ring My Bell," Anita Ward. Um, no surprise that this was a number one disco hit. Um, I mean, I was moving while I was listening to this one while I, I, I cleaned the house. 
it's it's got kind of an odd percussion effect. Almost sounds a, a little like science fictiony, like a futuristic uh, laser weapon or something. Yeah. Well, the, uh, the other thing is, it, I think it has a hidden meaning too. Well, I was just gonna say, I think the meaning of the song. Correct me if I'm wrong. It's woman with a bicycle that has a bell on the handlebars, and she's given people permission to come and ring it, right? <laughs> sure. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. okay. I, think it's, I think it's a little bit more. <laughs> okay. <laughs> or, or personal. <laughs> or yeah. Whatever. I'm not gonna go there. All right. Number All right. thirty-eight. <laughs> a little bit of soap. I don't remember the song at all. I don't remember it either. Nigel Olson. Yeah. I don't remember the artist. I couldn't really find much on this. Um, I. The one thing that's weird about this one is I swear the backing melody sounds a lot like the Doobie Brothers' What a Fool Believes, which came out in the previous year. Hmm. Uh, you know, if it's a ripoff, uh, it's not quite as bad as that song Steal Away was of, of What a Fool Believes. But uh, yeah. yeah, I just kind of noticed that, that uh, little melody in the back. But, you know, yeah. what are you going to do? All right. Number 37. Yeah, yeah. I so, want your love. So before, yeah, before we got into that, I just okay. Um, in in the in between these two songs, Casey commented on the uh, the affliction called Slip Disco. Oh yes, yes. Which, I sent you a message about that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So uh, you know, Casey goes on to talk about how it was kind of a mini epidemic of people getting injured disco dancing, including Gloria Gaynor, who injured her back uh, when she did some move on stage or whatever. And um, <laughs> Casey was saying. Uh, it, it, the serious risks of disco dancing led to the science of discogenics, where the one doctor, <laughs> yeah, would actually he actually would treat the uh, the disease, if you will, and, and also caution people on their dancing. What what I was kind of cracking up at too, in relation to Gloria Gaynor, is I remember my parents saying if they took a fall or something, they'd say, "Oh, I did a one and a half gainer." And, but that's a reference to actual like a move in in uh, you know platform diving or something. Oh my goodness! So, yeah, yeah, and and of course the uh, Doctor Disco or whatever his name was, he was based in Hollywood, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just I, I just thought the whole slip disco and disco genics was hilarious. Yeah, yeah. I, I sent you a message on that. I I, I didn't know where it was in the. Uh, we'll, have, we'll have to make sure we talk about uh, Casey's comments. Uh, uh, you know, slip them in beforehand, so I don't. Yeah. I, I so I don't skip over them like I just sure. did with Chic. I want your love, number thirty-seven. Yeah, yeah. So, so this is Chic. So of course they had the big, uh, huge song uh, "Left Free," but um, this one I thought was a solid disco song. Good, good lead and, and vocal backings. Um, I, <laughs> it's funny. There's some internet myth or thing out there where they say that your your whole life is defined by number one song when you were 14 years old <laughs> on, on your 14th birthday actually and, okay and for, and for me it was left freak by sheep so oh, wow so there you go yeah. <laughs> no it's it's a great song and and, and the, the you know bernard edwards with his bass line 
and you know just 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 holding the downstairs and basically he's he's playing the lead all right on, on everything and Niall Rogers just just you know riffing on the guitar like he always does is you know it, it's what a great great set of uh, you know of, of producers and and uh, uh, they, they created a lot of good stuff together over uh, a fairly long time until uh, uh, Bernard Edwards died about 25 years ago or so. Mm. so. Yeah, I think too. I have I have Lafrique on vinyl because I, my my wife had the Studio 54 album that she was on. Oh. Yeah. So. All, All right. right. So number 36. I listened to it. This on on the road. I don't remember it. Uh, it must be loved by Alton McLean and Destiny. I don't yeah, I uh, didn't remember this one either. It got pretty, you know, uh, stayed on the charts a decent amount of time. But I, um, my only thing I, about this is um, it's not bad. It's repetitive, like a lot of disco. But for a disco song, it's a solid. But uh, yeah, not not too much to comment on it, really. Yeah. Um. Oh boy. So, what's the matter? <laughs> Face coverings are back at the plant. Oh boy. Oh, I thought we we're done with this stuff, but whatever. All right. Um. Number thirty-five. Saturday night, Sunday morning. Thelma Houston. This. This is because she had a hit before, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I... So that's an okay song, but Thelma Houston certainly counted. Her biggest hit was Don't, Don't Leave Me This Way. Um, it's just that this this song is, you know, an example of what I didn't like about disco. You know, the, the repetitiveness, and, and a lot of the songs sound the same. Um, I... I kind of, you know, you realize that there is a difference between music we listen to versus dance to. Um, but uh, Thelma, uh, Thelma Houston, she started out as a gospel singer. She was part of the cast of the Marty Feldman Comedy Machine back in <laughs> 1974, Feldman. playing various characters during the show's skits. <laughs> so I think I remember that show. Well, you're, you're a canceled. big um, uh, young Frankenstein guy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so uh, yeah. I, I don't think I've ever seen young Frankenstein front to back. I've seen bits and pieces. Yeah, but I do remember that Marty Feldman show being, I, I thought it was kind of funny. Yeah, I, I don't. Was it on ABC? Because I probably didn't see it. <laughs> I don't know. It might have been like a BBC thing or something. <laughs> is, he, yeah. is he English? I don't uh, think so. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. <laughs> That's funny, Marty Feldman. Yeah. All right, number 34. Great band, great song. Yeah, fantastic. Fantastic band, of course. This is Boogie Wonderland by Earth, Wind, and Fire. And, and this one also featured the emotion. Um, to me, I I almost it, I almost hesitate calling it a disco song, but if you call it a disco song, I think it's the great disco song hands down. And 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 I think it's one of the best songs of the 70s. No, it's a great song, and how the emotions came back, and and you know I, I forget what the emotions did, but uh, 
it, it, it was great, you know, Casey's comments about this and uh, um, and how didn't didn't he say something about how how Earth Wind Fire they just wanted to be a band that that heals or, or, or yeah lifts lifts up humanity and and has no um, no desire to become famous right is what he said yeah it was like no axe to grind or anything you know? yeah it yeah. was they, yeah. They just put out great music. I mean, this song, um, it, if you have some tasks to do, you know, with work or around the house, you put this on and, and you'll, you'll get it done. Um, and and I also, the, the you know, the line in the song where it says, all the love in the world can't be gone. Um, it's, it's great. Uh, yeah, so uh, I actually, a little personal note for both of this for both of us on this song Pete. Um, at one time you had a, an activity going on where you had some advertising on the radio and the um, I believe it was WDRC and the only reason I heard your ad is because it came out came on right after the Wonderland because <laughs> I was listening to it so. wow yeah well, maybe we'll have to play uh, play that advertising stuff. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. That, well, that's <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, it, it could have been you know a dozen other songs that I might have changed the channel, but yeah, yeah. No, this, so this is definitely not a song that you would change the channel on. No. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the next one, I think, is a, a channel changing song. Number thirty-three. Yeah. So this is is loving you is wrong. Uh, I don't want to be right, but this is a cover by Barbara Mandrell. Um, Barbara Mandrell, you know, big, big country star during during the seventies. I, she, she's very talented, Barbara Mandrell. And her um, sisters. Yeah, yeah. I was just thinking. I remember her variety show with. I think uh, that was on ABC also. <laughs> Barbara Mandrell and the Mandrell sisters. They all looked like quite a bit alike too. <laughs> But it was, was, the, hair, it was the same hairstylist yeah. down in uh, what was that town down in uh, not Floydville? Uh, where did Andy Griffith live? Oh, Mayberry. <laughs> Mayberry. Yeah, yeah. And and I think the sisters. It was that same trope. My my brother always talked about it in the 1970s. It's like you had to have one dark-haired guy and one blonde guy. So in this case, they had one dark-haired sister and one blonde. Okay, and so like Starsky and Hutch. Starsky and Hutch. Uh, that was on ABC too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I I can't think of others for the time being, but uh, I think there was a Planet of the Apes TV show where they had one blonde guy and one dark haired guy. <laughs> um, Simon and Simon uh, came a little later. Yeah. Anyway. Anyhow, yeah. yeah. Now, now it's the guy with hair and the guy without hair. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. All right. Now, uh, the next one, number 32, I want you to want me. <laughs> <laughs> wow. What yeah. a great freaking song. Yeah. Great. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic song. I mean, good for them that they recorded it live and, and got a hit single out of it, too. It's, um, but it's, yeah, when that, that comes on, you know, that that intro and then, and then kicking in with the uh, with the drums. Uh, yeah, yeah, this this is a good one. Yeah. So, so, uh, uh, I saw Cheap Trick. Ever see Cheap Trick? Uh, no, 
Yeah, I, I saw Cheap Trick down at, at Toad's either in 97 or 99, and uh, it was a great show, you know. This is, you know, crap over, over 20 years ago, and, you know, they kind of run their course. They, you know, they put out, like, three records, and, and up, you know, they were big in, in, in the Midwest where they're from, and, and, and then this Budokan record came out, and, and it, you know, it saved their careers. I mean, maybe they'd still be playing today, but... but you know, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, you know, all this other kind of stuff. But yeah, uh, was um, was Surrender on this album too? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Big Eyes, Clock Strikes Ten, um, uh, you know, all. I mean, Cheap Trick of Budokan. My brother-in-law had a uh, had a Subaru with an eight-track tape player, and that was one of the tapes that, that <laughs> was in there. That and uh, 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 what was the other thing? Well. I forget, but um, so <clears throat> we have, um, you know, our company. We we got a part of our company's out in, in Rockford, Illinois, and um, uh, I was uh, uh, talking to a guy that grew up in Rockford and, and worked at, at the at the plant out there, and there are people, you know, like children and cousins and brothers of Chief Trick that worked at the plant, but. Uh, this colleague, who's a little older than us, was, and I don't think you ever met him, um, but he went into a, into a, uh, a, a, a like a music shop because he was getting strings for his guitar, all right, and he brought his four kids with him, and as he was walking in, you know, Bunny Carlos or Robin Zander held the door open for him, and, and one of them said, "That poor bastard with four kids." <laughs> <laughs> So, so whenever, whenever I, 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 you know, now, you know, I told the story, you know, in the last couple of years, I think of Joe. So, lucky yeah. bastard. So, yeah, that's funny. When I was down, when I was down at the uh, at the Hard Rack Cafe to see Deep Purple back in in February, um, they had Robin Zander's face or Tom Peterson's face. I took a picture of it and I sent it to Joe. He says, "Oh yeah, poor bastard." <laughs> Anyhow, that's enough uh, of that. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, number 30. 31. 31. Excuse me. Uh, I, I, uh, I over-moused again. Yeah. Yeah. So, 30, number 31, um, Minute by Minute by the Doobie Brothers. So, this is the Michael McDonald period of the Doobie Brothers. Um, I didn't realize, but... Kenny Loggins co-wrote this song, which, you know, this is that typical rock, uh, yacht rock incest. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I, it's funny, I saw the Doobie Brothers in concert last year. Actually, you did too, uh, yeah. Pete. Um, yep. And they they did this like back and forth between the pre-Michael McDonald period music and the, uh, you know, the Michael McDonald period stuff. I have to say I prefer the pre-Michael McDonald stuff, um, just the personal taste. Not not that Michael McDonald is talented and not that the stuff wasn't good, but, um, you know, like this song, yeah, it, it's okay, but... Well, this this, this and uh, um, Minute by Minute and uh, what was the other big song on on, uh, on that record? I mean, it was the soundtrack. I mean, it won the Grammys and all this other kind of oh, stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, was What a Fool What Beliefs? a Fool Beliefs, yeah. yeah, which is, I think, another one written with Kenny Loggins. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, um, I, I thought that Michael McDonald's voice was shot, and I thought that uh, at, the, at that concert last year, 
and and what's his name uh, you know tom johnson uh, you know his voice was a lot better and then of course when uh, when who's the other guy uh, uh patrick simmons saying row back water okay you know? <laughs> yeah so that's uh that's an old joke that i have uh with pete that uh you know the chorus oh black water in, in the song black water uh, that, that they're actually saying row back water my song <laughs> <laughs> yeah big song um you know i've seen the doobie brothers a couple times recently and uh, uh i i like them better without uh michael mcdonald so um but you know he's big guy you know sold a lot of records and uh yeah yeah great, great voice too i mean yeah. he, i always crack up because i swear it sounds like he's got a cave inside his head <laughs> yeah so um number 30 was this tv show on on abc also <laughs> so um ah it's funny i, I i'm gonna talk about the tv show but i'm not sure so this is number 30 is making it by david not um so i have kind of a lot of a lot to say about this one even though the song i think is mediocre at best but um david Naughton is actually a native of the town that i'm in right now uh he's an actor uh primarily best known for uh he was on abc yeah he was best known for american werewolf in london um, so yes this this was the theme theme song for uh his ill-fated sitcom of the same name making it um tv guide ranked it number 40 on its uh 50 worst tv shows of all time <laughs> show was set in Passaic, New Jersey, and it was about the daily life of Billy Minucci, a young man who freaking, frequented the local uh, disco club Inferno. And at, at night while working at an ice cream parlor called the Tasty Treats during the day, uh, Minucci was highly influenced by the disco craze and specifically Saturday Night Fever. Uh, coincidentally, Saturday Night Fever started uh, starring uh, uh, um, Ellen Travolta played Minucci's sister on the show. <laughs> oh, wow. wow. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, John Travolta's sister, Ellen Travolta, she played um, Minucci's mother. I got that all mixed up. <laughs> but, uh, Whatever. I, I haven't seen this show. I mean, remember when it was on, um, you know, I know about the, you know, the, the, uh, the TV show. You know, it's got you know the song has a great, uh, a great disco beat, has a has a great chorus. Making it, yeah. Da, 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 it. Da, 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 yeah. I guess it was you know it had the misfortune of of coming onto TV near the end of the disco fad as a backlash against disco yeah. culture Peak kind disco. of disco. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do remember. I, I must have went to a New England uh, Patriots football game somewhere around the time this was out because um, I remember seeing the cheerleader cheerleaders uh, you know, performing to this song. <laughs> wow, that, that's pretty good. That's 43 years ago. Good yeah, job. yeah. Made, made an impression on me somehow. But, All right. Uh, yeah. Yes, yeah, so... At uh, number 29, Knock on Wood by Amy Stewart. Um, it, 
good disco song, great percussion and vocals. This was a, a former number one song. It's um, I remember this being on the radio all the time. Yeah, no, it's, it's it was a big song, and uh, once again, you know, something you can you know clean the house with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So uh, the next one is is you know once again driven into the freaking grout <laughs> grout. Speaking of, of cleaning up, this is grounded in the carpet. You know, at every wedding that you go to and, and party uh, kind of thing. Old time rock and roll by Bob Seger, the Silver Bullet Band, number three, about 28. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, also made famous by Tom Cruise dancing through this risky business. Oh, yeah. I think I saw that movie. Side note, I hate Tom Cruise. I I keep hoping the Russians shoot him down in Top Gun. It never happens. Um, (laughs) This is an anti-disco song, I guess. Uh, You know, or or, or whatever. But, um, you know, it was popular. I agree, though. Overplayed. Um, Yeah, yeah. I, I fantasize about being a reporter for, like, the National Enquirer back in this time. And I'm in a New York disco, and I see Bob Seger in a white, you know, John Travolta S. polyester suit boogieing down on the dance floor. Busted. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was a, it was a, co- a cover, you know. He, uh, his guys in his band did it, I think, I recall. And he added a couple, sprinkled some words onto it. Yeah, but yeah. Made so, a lot of money, and Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, you know, good artist. And, uh, yeah, but, but this in, in in his song like a rock, you know, that, that advertised Chevrolets for twenty years. <laughs> Those yeah. two things, you know, you make a lot of money, but you also get worn out. Yeah, yeah. And, and there's 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 something to be said about you know, you know, I don't need to hear Jungle Love again, even though I liked it back <laughs> whenever that came out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, so we'll get used to it. By Roger Vorties, number 27. Yeah. I uh, remember this one, but uh, it, I don't know. This, to me, kind of a bland 70s pop rock song. Not, yeah. not much of an impression. Yeah. I, 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 you know, I listened to this earlier in the week. I don't, I don't even remember it. Much, much like number 26, Such a Woman by Tycoon. I don't remember this one at all. Yeah, um, and and couldn't really find find much about it <laughs> or the artist. So I yeah, think. and I think uh, well, um, it was uh, it was on its way down because I think last week uh, it was on the chart for uh, where am I? It was on the chart for eleven weeks, and last week was uh, it peaked at uh, at twenty six and at twenty six again. So it's probably on its way down. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, he sold some records, and uh, hopefully Arista Records made some money off it. But um, yeah. the next one, um, number twenty-five, I, wasn't she also on um, on the uh, uh, greatest songs of, of the nineteen seventies or the number one songs of the nineteen seventies on the same, sure, same yeah. show? Yeah, I think was it Dark Lady. I think it was Dark Lady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so this is Take Me Home by Cher. Um, I do remember this one. I, you know, I guess like a lot of artists, um, you know, she wanted to make a foray into a disco, you know, to capture the uh, the moment. Um, not the worst effort. It did, did make the top ten. So um, if it wasn't Cher, I don't know if it would have got that high. But uh, yeah, 
That's a good good song, and, and she knows how to entertain. Yeah. So, um, the number. Uh, and what's interesting about that about uh, this record that we just talked about here? It's on Casablanca. Casablanca was the big disco label, if uh, I remember. And it did was Kiss also on Casablanca? You know that sounds familiar. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I know the Southern Rock was all on Capricorn records. Right. Yeah. Right. And uh, you know, just you know, because we we also have in our chart here, but you know, the label. And uh, anyhow, the, the next one's on Columbia Records. Uh, Billy Joel, Honesty. You know. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I I say I could say I like a, a good amount of Billy Joel, but I'm not a big fan of this one. Uh, my, my sister, excuse me, my sister, my my wife was a, a huge Billy Joel fan. Um, she, uh, Billy Joel, took her hand at the, a concert at the Hartford Civic Center. She was sitting way up in the nosebleeds, and she snuck down. I think it might have been like July, uh, July nineteen eighty. She saw him, um, and her and her cousin they they. Um, snuck up to the Sheraton Hotel uh, floor where the band was staying and uh, she didn't see Billy but uh, my wife talked to Liberty DeVito, the, the drummer for a while so kind of, kind of an interesting little side story there um, my wife, she she had many stories like this because she looked um, so uh, you know innocent and non-threatening that she seemed to be able to get into places that just let her Wow. Let her through. So, yeah. so not a fan of that song, but uh, no. but the next one, number twenty-three, Rod Stewart, "Ain't Love a Bitch." I didn't remember this at all. I I didn't either, and I, well, sort of. It it sort of sounded slightly familiar. I it's, it's certainly not one of Rod Stewart's best outings, in my opinion. Um, I, I wasn't a big fan of Rod Stewart either. I, I think I liked him better when he was in that Jeff Beck Faces era. Um, some of that more bluesy stuff. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, you know, but, hey. but, you know, was that on Blondes Have More Fun with, uh, you know, Do You Think I'm Sexy? Yeah. It, it, it must it have was. been. Yeah. 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 It, it, it was on there. It was released uh, uh, January of 79. And, and I think it, it, it's one of these things that, you know, just like, uh, you know, Thelma Houston, you know, oh, what's the next song by Rod? Okay, what's the next right. song by Thelma? And, yeah. and it got caught some, because uh, do you think I'm sexy? I mean, that's a great song, okay? Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and, and the interesting thing is, uh, um, I think it was written with uh, Carmen, uh, at least do you think I'm sexy, was written with uh, Carmen Apice, who was in... Um, uh, what was what was his band like a, uh, a power trio? Um, oh yeah. Uh, he was in. Uh, well, he was uh, Beck Bogart in a piece, but I, what was the other big band he was in? Vanilla yeah. Fudge. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. In yeah. his in his younger brother, Carmine Apice. All right, was they, they pronounce it different? Was was the drummer in uh, Black Sabbath with uh, Ronnie James Dio and a lot of other uh, metal kind of stuff. And, uh, um, but yeah. to, to have a, a guy that was in uh, in Vanilla Fudge 
then laid down the disco beat for Rod. <laughs> it shows that he knows how to be a drummer. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Carmen Apice, he, he doesn't get writing credits for this song, but but he was on that record, and he, and he was with Rod for quite a while. Yeah, yeah. And that did they get together back in the, the Jeff Beck days, or? Or is that the connection, or yeah, maybe who knows? Yeah. I mean, there's there's all sorts of incest with, with all these these things. You know? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but anyhow, I didn't remember that when I heard it. But uh, the next one is a disco song, if I remember. Um, hot number number twenty two. That's a yeah. hot number. Ouch. Two two. Um, <laughs> by uh, Fox. Yeah, yeah. I um I thought this sounded like more funky than disco to, to be honest uh, it, it the sound to me it, it was kind of like the predecessor to like the, some of the rick james music in the, okay. in the 80s and then with some earth wind and fire horns um i guess casey said four of the guys in foxy were were cuban they were from cuba so okay. interesting factoid how do you say foxy Spanish. Yeah. <laughs> Le Fox? Le F- or is that French? That sounds French, yeah. <laughs> La, La Fox. <laughs> you should know with all the people in your homeroom. Yeah, so, yeah. I, yeah. Uh, and and I, took, uh, I took Spanish in high school, but uh, yeah, I don't know. All right, uh, number 21. Big guy, the gambler, Kenny Rogers. She believes in me. Yeah, yeah. So this was a pretty big song back then. Um, I mean, yeah. I, Kenny Rogers, you know, great voice, class act. Um, just uh, passed away not too long ago. Uh, uh, but uh, yeah, he. Uh, and of course, he was, uh, you know, previously in the the association back in the, um, in the late '60s. So, uh, man, he had, he had quite the career, that guy. Absolutely. Yeah. He, he was also the, you know, uh, the coward of the county. Yeah. And he yeah. was married to Lucille. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah that, that's another and then song. the, uh, that's the gambling. Uh, yeah. The, you got to know when to hold them. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah, the gambler. Yeah. The gambler, yeah. Made, yeah. All right. That, that's. Good job, Kenny. Number 20, almost halfway through. Yeah. So this is You Take My Breath Away by Rick Smith. <laughs> I, so I remember people back in the day mocking this song. I, for some reason, I think I remember my wife doing it, where like just repeating over and over in a horrible tone, you take my breath away and I don't know what to say. You take my breath away. <laughs> I mean, yeah, this is one that uh, I, uh, I guess I don't have too much appreciation for. <laughs> but uh, yeah, taste is taste, whatever. I mean, um, pretty big song as far as the charts go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't know if Rex Smith did much else. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. So, any you know, anyhow, um, it, 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 it's one of those sappy ballads that people buy sometimes. I mean, I can hear. I bet you can hear some something like that on the radio now. If I knew how to tune into pop radio. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. You know, 
and I'm and this gets this would get uh, airplay on uh, you know a WRCH or something. Oh yeah, sure. but the next song wouldn't get on WRCH, <laughs> which is "Renegade" by Styx, which is pretty heavy, um, uh, pretty heavy song by Styx. "Renegade," you renegade. This was a Tommy Shaw song, I believe, not a um, uh, Dennis DeYoung uh, composition. And, yeah, you know, it's it's a it's a rocking song, you know. And this was this was I don't know if the Grand Illusion or Pieces of Eight. This came off of Pieces of Eight. Um, you know, Blue Collar Man, great song is on this LP also. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't I don't know where that is on the on the on the charts. I think it got released the year before. And um, <clears throat> um, you know, it sticks. You know, they're they're an important band of of arena rock. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I, in my opinion, this one was one of Sticks' better offerings, um, as well as uh, Blue Collar Man. You mentioned, um, you know, at least it's, it's had kind of a hard rock sound to it, um, including the vocals. Uh, to me, uh, a big improvement over some of the Dennis DeYoung <laughs> stuff that I didn't particularly care for. Yeah, well, yeah. they 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 threw it all away when they. Uh... Well, you know, like Best of Times would come out, I think, in the the next record in Paradise Theater. Too Much Time on My Hands, I think, which is a, a Tommy Shaw song, was on the next LP. Yeah. But then, you know, and then Kilroy was here. That just freaking... Uh, <laughs> that, that, they, they, uh, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. where they went off the rails. Yeah. <laughs> I remember a guy I worked with talking about uh, when... Um, uh, Steve Miller did Abracadabra in oh. the 80s. He goes, he goes, it's like the dying gasp of a once good artist. <laughs> yeah. Well, another rock and roll, uh, uh, you know, we're, 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 we're away from, from disco for a little bit. Um, for, for, you know, quite a few until number 15. But um, next one is, uh, you know, a, a another, I, I guess, I don't know if they're arena rock, but what do they what do they call uh, uh, the lead singer from uh, from Free and Bad Company? You know, the, the voice of rock or something. Um, the hell's his name? I forget. Uh, Paul Rogers. Mm-hmm. All right, Rock and Roll Fantasy. Yeah, yeah. So this is Rock and Roll Fantasy by Bad Company. Um, of course, Bad Company several hits. Um, this is one of those trivia things where remember it's like name name. Uh, a band that also had an album and a song. You know, the band, the album, and the song were all the same. So Bad Company has Bad Company um, with, you know, on the Bad Company album. <laughs> Little, you know, not, not much imagination there. I, this is one of these things I remember Linda Carter of Wonder Woman fame performing this one on a variety special she had. Um, I'm not sure I was wa- uh, why I was watching it. I think it was on yeah. ABC because Wonder yeah. Woman was on ABC. Well, I th- was it on ABC, but then it switched to CBS. Yeah, I think you're right. It, yeah. The ABC one was it took place during the World War II, and then the, the CBS one was honored. It might have been later on, on CBS, but uh, yeah. Um, but actually, I probably know exactly why I was watching that special. <laughs> <Anyway>. <laughs> teenager yeah <laughs> yeah 
Yeah. So, you know, good song. I, I This is not my favorite. Uh, bad, I'm not a big Bad Company guy. You know, I got all my sister's LPs. Yeah. I, you know, I've never played them. I should probably do yeah. something with them. But yeah. I, I think the best, in my mind, the best uh, Bad Company song is uh, Silver, Blue, and Gold. Um. Oh yeah, silver, blue, and gold. Yeah, I I, I like that song. Yeah, I, I actually like the <laughs> bad company. You like bad company? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that, that's why you don't go to dinner with with Mark Roback. He's bad company. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why I retired because I worked for a bad company. <laughs> yeah, that's right. All right, number seventeen, Chucky's in love, Ricky Lee Jones. Yeah, yeah. So I, this one, a huge song. I, I remember it. And this, um, so Casey talked about uh, Ricky Lee Jones. She would bring up, she had a parking meter on stage as a prop and she'd put in a few coins uh, at the beginning of her set almost to like, you know, pay for the, for her time on stage or something. Um, I, I kind of like this one. She definitely had like a unique vocal style for the time. Almost like a predecessor to Cheryl Crow, you know, in like All I Want to Do. Um, so this song, this is where uh, that bike trip I mentioned in the beginning of the episode comes in. So I, I went on this bike trip. There was uh, just um, three of us uh, students and then uh, a, a teacher, Mr. Gardner, uh, rest in peace, great guy. But um, the other two guys, it, it was uh, George and Jim. And I remember an argument ensued because George was singing Chucky's in Love. And Jim was like, you know, that, I hate that song. It's a stupid song. And George was like, oh, I bet you like Renegade by Stick. <laughs> and I, I was shocked that they were, you know, within... <laughs> A couple know, places in the a chart. A couple yeah. places in the chart, and that, that company in between. Yeah, yeah and funny. and that trip was you know June of 1979. So yeah. there you go. You know that's what yeah. people were listening to. <laughs> I, I I would say that uh, Ricky Lee Jones is more like a modern Susan Vega than because Susan Vega, you know, my name is Luca and all that. Tom's yeah restaurant yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, but whatever. I mean, that that's that's neither here though there. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. But so. Uh, yeah. But, I, the, the one other thing I said um, I didn't look it up, but the way the title is spelled does it have anything to do with Chuck E. Cheese's uh, <laughs> <laughs> restaurant? I don't know. Yeah. I know. That's a place to go. Oh, that's whatever. I'll, we'll leave that for later. Yeah. So uh, <clears throat> number sixteen. Deeper than the night. Big star in the seventies, Olivia Newton Dash John. Yeah, um, I, you know, the, I didn't really remember this one too well. Not, not the bigger hits. Although, again, I look at you know, number of weeks on the chart and where it, it landed, and it's like this, this did pretty well. Again, she had so many, you know, so many songs though during this period that uh, I think you know you just get shoved on the chart because uh, you're, you're that artist um i almost listening to it it sounded kind of a lot like linda ronstadt's styling yeah. in, the, in the 70s you know so re remember yeah. when she did xanadu with oh yeah all right is is elo you know uh, uh excuse me is xanadu 
Olivia Newton-John and uh, an ELO's version of, of uh, Kilroy was here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind of. I mean, yeah, that was that was pretty awful. Um, and wasn't Gene Kelly in that, the movie? I, I, I never saw it. Yeah, the, the movie was like really scary. And, well, yeah, um, in, in a way, it's kind of, you know, a, yeah, they did Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Land, you know, the Beatles and Peter Frampton and George Burns. Oh, and, yeah. But, the, you know, the record was great because, you know, like Earth, Wind and Fire, it got to get you in my life and Aerosmith, get, you know, uh, um, get, uh, uh, get back, not get back. Yeah. Uh, yeah uh, the song, first, oh. first song, of side one of, of Abbey Road. Um, you and Toe Jam Football. Yeah. What, what, what the hell is that song? Yeah, I was trying to sing it in my head and get the title. <laughs> I don't know. But they did that song. Come Together. But, come come together. together. Yeah. 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 They, 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 they come, but, you know, there are some pretty good tunes on that. But the, the you know, thing. But then again, you know, the songs on Xanadu, now that's, that's, if we ever do an 80s show or our ELO podcast, we'll talk about that. Yeah. yeah All right. Yeah. So now, now we're back in the deep, deep in the heart of disco. Disco Nikes. Open parentheses, rock space, excuse me, dash freak, close parentheses by GQ, number 15. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do remember this one. It was, it was a number one soul song. Um, nice bass guitar riff in this one. Um, and it had that like dance uh, clap track going, you know, solid in the background. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it was surprising to me that in spite of um, where my opinion might have been on disco, it's just that this stuff was so much on the radio that, that, that uh, yeah, I recognize a lot of these. Yeah, you know, it's I, I, you know, I'm. I listened to the countdown. I, I, I don't remember it. I, I think I have. I think I have love. Uh, CRS disease. So, uh, <laughs> uh, but we won't. We won't make that to come out right now. Now the, you know, so we stay in the land of disco. Peak disco number fourteen. Sister Sledge. He's the greatest dancer. Love yeah. this song. Love this song. Um, Sister Sledge, talented, you know, great chorus hook in this song. Um, and this one had really good lyrics for a disco song. You know, one, one of the things about doing this uh, podcast is I, I, I'm going back and looking at some of the lyrics. And yeah, it's, um, it, it's just a well-written song lyrically as well. Um, for, for a disco song, I mean, that's, that's saying something. Yeah, you're not. You're just supposed to boogie. You're not supposed to listen to it. Yeah, you're supposed to get uh, slip disco. Yeah, <laughs> but then when you can't dance and you're on the sidelines, is what you realize. Wow, this, this has got some deep lyrics, man. <laughs> yeah. So, so another uh, band that's that's for some reason in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. You know, that, that's interesting. Van Halen's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Nigel Rogers is. Uh, Cheap Trick is, Doobie Brothers are, Bob Seger is, uh, Billy Joel is, Rod is, Sticks is, and Bad Company is not. Um, uh, Blondie, Blondie, number 13, Heart of Glass. Yeah. Is, you know, I don't, you know, to me, um, you know, important band, Rock and Hall of Fame, you know, I, 
I wouldn't vote for him. I mean, nice, okay. But Heart of Glass, I don't know if this is off their first record or the second record. Um, I, you know, my favorite uh, uh, one is the, like their rap song uh, about. Oh, Rapture. Rapture, yeah. Yeah. That's my favorite Blondie song. You know, this is a good song, um, yeah. but, and I remember it. It was huge in, back in 79. Yeah. Um, it almost seems to me, and I didn't look it up, but was this like their earliest hit? Or, um, but, but anyway, I mean, they, you know, Blondie took the charts by storm. Um, and this, I have to say, this was like nothing we had heard in the 70s, I think. Um, uh, but, uh, it's almost like this was kind of the, the like start of the new wave stuff going into the 80s, you know, Blondie. Of course, she came out of Britain, right? Uh, or am I wrong about no, that? No, she's American. She was American? Oh, why yeah. did I think she, yeah. she was part of that British invasion? But, yeah, uh, so this this was um, Heart of Glass. Uh, it was off of the record Parallel Lines. And I don't, I don't uh, see any... Uh, anything big this was this is the biggest thing thing they had in, in the united states you know number one song all right and before it was a bunch of stuff that i didn't know from plastic letters in the, in the first blondie record but then uh uh you know i'm only dreaming and uh call me uh the tide is high rapture yeah and then, and then kind of like went away back you know right when you think they'd be a big MTV band, but they kind of disappeared. Well, that's what I was saying. It was almost like I remember her being on MTV like early on. So it was like sort of almost bridging the, you know, 70s yeah. and 80s. Um, but did, um, so uh, what was it, Call On Me? Yeah, that was later. Call Me that was, was later. Call Me. Yeah, yeah. That, that was the number was one song, song, too. Yeah, that was a good song. But, yeah, uh, and so was The Tide Is High. Yeah. yeah. And Rapture. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, talented. You know, no and question. after that, you know, thought... Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I've never seen Kalani. Uh, I mean, they, they, good stuff, you know. I, yeah. I, 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 I keep them on the radio, I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, next one, Logical Song, Super Tramp, A&M Records, number 12. This is off of Breakfast in America, right? Yeah. Huge record. Yeah, huge record, you know, huge band at the time. Um, really unique and innovative uh, sound at the time, um, I thought. Uh, I recently watched, there was a A&M Records documentary called uh, Mr. A and Mr. M, the story of uh, oh, A&M Bert Records. Oh, Albert and, and uh, Moss. Yeah. yeah, Jerry Moss. And uh, it was it was really interesting. I mean, their their label gave a lot of artists kind of like, you know, Super Tramp that otherwise, uh, you know, couldn't get on another label. They gave them a go and, and, and they were... You know, really successful. Uh, yeah. No, no. The thing is, is that they're foreign. You know, so did they? You know, did A and M give them a record deal, or did they come over and just? Um, you know, as, the, as Casey would say, we have five foreigners on the yeah. park this week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that they, in the documentary they went into the detail uh, on, on Super Tramp, but it was just. I know they mentioned that that was one of the bands that they gave a, you know. They, they, they gave him a record deal when others would. Yeah. 
All right. Um, so, uh, number 11, Love Takes Time by Orleans. So, um, this was a solid pop song, you know, a, a feel-good song like uh, like a lot of Orleans songs. But um, Orleans, huh? Great book. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, so you know, Orleans, the the the, the uh, still the one. When we talked about ABC uh, dominating the Nielsen's, um, they they used the still the one as their uh, you know uh, promo for. I don't know. It seemed like that was a while, but maybe it was. Like they didn't use it for scene. a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I even remember the local ABC affiliate WTNH uh, Channel Eight using that to you know promote their local news or whatever. So yeah. they, they showed the local personalities. Well, <laughs> so the, the the lead guy in um, Orleans is this guy John Hall, not Daryl Hall. John Hall, and not yeah. John Oates, but John Hall. Okay. And, <laughs> not and Monty he, Hall. No. Not Monty Hall, yeah. So so John Hall um, was one of the no-nukes guys. Oh. Because okay. he was from, like, Dutchess County, New York, or Kingston, or, or, or something like that. And, and they wanted to build, you know, Three Mile Island happened. I forget when that happened. And you looked up all the dates. I, I forget when that happened. But no-nukes was... I think in 1980, but Three Mile Island happened in, in 79. 79, yeah. <clears throat> and uh, so he was a big part of the No Nukes with you know Carly Simon and Doobie Brothers and uh, the, uh, you know all those all those other folks. And uh, uh, John Hall actually ran for Congress, all right, and he was a congressman, a Democratic congressman from you know the upper Hudson Valley region for a number of years. Um, I, I don't. I think it was in the 2000s, and uh, uh, you know, so he was able to. You know, maybe he used his uh, uh, "Love Takes Time" uh, residuals to uh, to buy lawn signs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. yeah. Well, he, you know, I, he went all the way with it, right? You know, not just saying he was against it, but actually, yeah, running for office and yep. you know, doing whatever. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. Well, we go from so we're out of disco right now. Yeah, we're out of disco for a little bit. Okay, yeah. we're up until number seven. So number ten is England Dan and John Ford Coley. Love is the answer. Yeah. Um, so I, I definitely remember, and uh, I didn't know it, but when I looked it up, they said Todd Rundgren wrote this song uh, about you know the power of love uh, for his band utopia which they released it on their 1977 album oops wrong planet <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah the england band and john Ford Coley, they they had a few soft rock hits in the 70s and then uh, um, from what I read, England Dan launched a uh, solo country music career under his, uh, I guess his real name, Dan Seals, and he had eleven number one country music hits. So, and his brothers from Seals and Crofts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, so some some music in the family, and and yeah, this, uh, you know, beyond the uh, what they did in the seventies, he had a. He had a big music, uh, country music career. So, is this a Bob Steele song? <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, I could, I, I could see that. I don't specifically remember. I, I could, I could hear Bob Steele playing right after the weather and you know tiddlywinks and in in, <laughs> in two buffaloes. Yeah, yeah. So lots, lots of hints in this episode where we're reside. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So number nine. What, 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 what do you do after you're hanging out with uh, with your good buddy? Uh, at, at the pub all night long. You stumble in. You yeah. Stumbling in. Stumbling in by Susie Quattro and Chris Norman. Um, I remembered this song, but before I listened to the countdown, I, I hadn't heard it in years. Um, this one that seems like it kind of fell off the radar. No, you don't listen to 70s on 7 on Sirius X. Oh, really? They played a yeah. lot on there? Oh, sure. Yeah? Okay. Yeah. I, I did, do. But did, yeah. did Casey say anything about this? Um, I didn't have anything written down. Yeah. Um, he did have a comment right after this that uh, I, I think is interesting. All right, well let's let's, let's hang on a second because wasn't Susie Quattro's sister Leather Tuscadero? Leather Tuscadero? You mean Pinky Tuscadero? Or well, one of them? <laughs> okay. Was it was was there more more than one Tuscadero? <laughs> I don't remember. That. So, uh, I I don't know. I I thought I thought she was in. um, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Following a recurring role as the bass player Leather Tuscadero on the popular, this is Wikipedia, folks, on the popular American sitcom Happy Days, her duet "Stumbling In" with Smokey's lead singer Chris Norman reached number four in the U.S. chart. Once again. Susie Quattro was on ABC. <laughs> it's incredible. It's like, uh, yeah, it's like ABC and, you know, the disco wave or whatever, even though this wasn't a disco song. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. Wow. So, okay, I, I vaguely, I, I wasn't a huge Happy Days fan. I, I remember the, when Pinky Tuscadero was on. So they also had a band and she had her sister. Is that what it was? I, I don't. I don't remember. I didn't. I, I. don't think. I think I probably stopped watching Happy Days by now. Um, TV was uh, was. Uh, uh, what, what would you say? Uh, 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 not on all the time in my house. Probably. Yeah. 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 But, so. Uh, um, I, so that it just amazes me that you came up with that. <laughs> I, I just kind of remembered, and I got yeah. my, my handy dandy. Uh, computer here so yeah Yeah. okay um so the casey's comment uh that that was popped in right here is he talked about um the song imaginary lover if you play it at 45 c it sounds like stevie nicks and then he, he went on to play it. The singer uh, was Robert Nix, coincidentally, but no relation to Stevie. And then, yeah, yeah. And uh, and then at the end, I just thought it was hilarious because Casey goes, uh, "Would a 45 single played by uh, or done by Stevie Nix played at 33 sound like Robert Nix?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that that was that was funny. I I, I I found that you know, and I you know, I think I was driving, so I couldn't write anything down. Yeah. And I yeah. have uh, 
AFCRS. So, uh, uh, <laughs> but he, he talks about how uh, Stevie, Stevie Nicks found out about that and that she played it for herself and was like kind of freaking out. She went and you know showed it to Christine McVie or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was pretty good, Casey. Yeah. yeah. All right. The next one is Boo. Just when I needed you most. Randy Van Warmer, number eight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, is that a made-up name? Like your van's cold, go warm it up. I don't know. But I, I, um, yeah, the only thing I have to say about this is this crosses into that '70s sap category that that I really hate. Yeah, I, I uh, yeah, not not much more to say there. Yeah. Well, number seven is done by the biggest uh, pop star since Elvis. I don't know if anyone's eclipsed him yet. Uh, and he's part of the Jacksons. Shake your body, space, open parentheses, down to the ground, closed parentheses. Yeah, yeah. I remember this this song well back then. And um, I this is kind of when Michael Jackson broke out of the little boy voice, you know. Um, and what was it? Um, was it Living Off the Wall? No, Off the Wall was, was, oh. was his record. Yeah, the song... Song was uh, was the song uh, anyway? Yeah. Off well, the, the well, his LP. I don't know what came out first. If it was this or probably his record came after. Yeah, yeah. But it seems like it was around the same time period, right? Um, <laughs> well, late. off the wall was released August of 1979. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So this this was done before then. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah. You know, don't stop till you get enough. Rock with you. Off the wall. She's out of my life. You know, big songs. Huge. You know, it was. You know, I, I. You know, I wasn't a fan in 1979. You know, 14 year old kid. You know, not into dance stuff. And, um, but then you know, four years later, when Thriller came out, oh my god. Yeah, you know? yeah. But um, but even then, it's like you know, you you can tell. Uh, I, I same here. I wasn't wasn't a fan necessarily. But um, you know, you know, you those songs, you just good songs. Yeah. No question. Yeah. Well, the other thing is, is that Quincy Jones, you know, who did Off the Wall, excuse me, Thriller, also did this record. And I don't know if uh, if uh, the uh, uh, if the Jacksons uh, uh, record also was done by them. What was it? It wasn't Triumph. This is uh, what the heck record is this? Is this Shake Your Body Down to the Ground? Yeah. Ep- this epic. was off of the record Destiny. Yeah. And Destiny was not produced by. Uh, by Quincy Jones, you know, it was Bobby uh, Colby, whoever that is. Uh, okay. And this was, and, and Destiny was released in December of 1978. So, uh, okay, yeah, great, yeah. great song, you know. Yeah, yeah, uh, definitely, definitely one you'd still hear today on uh, the yeah. radio. Um, all right, next one. We Are Family by Sister Sledge. So their second number song. Number six. Yeah, number six. Um, their second song in the countdown. Huge disco song. Um, became the rally song of the 1979 World Series champion Pittsburgh Pirates. Really startled. Yep. And Pirates came from behind to win the series that year. Who did they um, beat? Baltimore? Um, I think it was Baltimore. I think it was Baltimore, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, was that the Jim Palmer era? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, huge song. Um, as we mentioned before, Sister Sledge, really talented. But, uh, but I think this was put together by the Sheep guys. Yeah, yeah, yep, that's true. 
Yeah, so, so uh, you know, you've got a lot of musical yeah. talent there. You know? Bernie Edwards and, and uh, Nile Rodgers, and um, you know, they they were the soundtrack of this of this time. So, but I I, I great song. Um, at the time, once again, we are family. Kind of got crushed into the ground like old time rock and roll. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. You you hear you hear we are family at sporting events. You hear it everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. So number five. So this is "Good Night Tonight" by Wings. Um, I found this to be a very odd song. The the middle breakdown with like cotton sounding flamingo guitar with an odd sound effects that it sounds like that Peter Frampton voice box kind of thing and do you feel like I do really? I, 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 yeah. I know what you're talking about I know about that breakdown I think it's got a great bass line I wonder yeah I wonder if Bernie Edwards put the bass line in, you know you know did Paul McCartney hire him I mean Paul yeah. McCartney if he's still alive yeah a, a great musician but uh the bass line's great, um, and I think it's a good song. I, when I heard it, I was like, "Oh yeah, I remember that." Song. Yeah, I I didn't like this one too much for, for whatever reason. I found it kind of annoying, and I, I think that voice box thing. What kind of cracked me up is the part where they're doing it. That they're using the the line "Say Good Night," which is the same you know lyric that Peter Frampton was singing. <laughs> Uh, and do you feel like I do? So, I, yeah, it, it, it's pretty interesting. But, uh, yeah, we had, you know, the episode one, the wing song, uh, or at least one wing song in the uh, in the countdown. So, uh, in the yeah. top ten, I believe. So, yeah, there you go. Yeah, well, the thing is, is, is you know, this is a better song than, uh, than that. That was uh, my love. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're more 70s sap. <laughs> yeah. All right. Now, the king of the 70s, Bee Gees, number four, Peak Disco, Love You Inside Out. Yeah. Um, I. It's funny. This is an okay song. Um, I think this is kind of, to me, the weaker side of the Bee Gees. I, I, but I did forget how high their vocals can get. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, you saw how t- tight their <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I remember there was, there was this guy I worked with. Uh, I worked in a, a kitchen of a convalescent home when I was in high school, and he used to try to sing the you know the, the high notes from the Bee Gees song, but it was pretty freaking hilarious. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, Bee Gees, you know huge had uh, particularly in this period of the 70s it's like you couldn't turn on the radio without yeah. hearing them yeah. so were they uh, in our last countdown um, I remember I think they may have been yeah yeah they, uh, um, I, I don't know if you have it handy I, ha- I have it in my hand right now but it's in a smaller font <laughs> um so uh, your 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 smart glasses won't zoom in on it. No, <laughs> no, no, maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe yeah. we talked about it, but anyhow. Yeah. Yeah. So number number three, uh, Casablanca Records again. 
Yeah. We so, want you. Yeah, as a we as a new recruit. You. Yep. A new recruit to be in the Navy by the village people. So my first thought when I was listening to this was can you name all five characters portrayed in the band? And 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 I tried to, and I I couldn't. I could only. Uh, I could right, only well, do. I'm not, lo- I'm not looking it up. Did yeah. You had the policeman. Yeah. All right. You had the cowboy. Yeah. All right. You had the Indian. Yeah, but we're Native American nowadays. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you had you had the. Um, uh, uh, like the uh, metal worker or the or the, the builder, construction worker. I was construction say, yeah. worker. Yeah, uh, and then you had wasn't it, wasn't there a guy in the military? Yeah, there was a soldier. A soldier. Yeah, yeah. So did you get all of them? Yeah, yeah. one, two, yeah. three, four, five. Yeah. Yeah. For some reason, I the, the soldier and the biker. I, I went over my head, so I had to go look out pictures. But um, I I never listened closely to the lyrics of the song back in the day and I, I, I looked them up and it's like I love the line he goes where you can find pleasure search the world for treasure learn science and technology he's promoting STEM <laughs> <laughs> and I also think the, the breakdown where the, the lead singer starts talking and says he's afraid of water is like really funny yeah and he says what am i gonna do in a submarine yeah <laughs> well you know what you know it's 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 of the time and you know they made they made money uh you know ymca um in, in this i don't i don't know what they did beyond this and uh I don't know if they had their own variety show on ABC. Well, they did have. I have to mention this because uh, my wife used to always bring this up. They they made the movie Can't Stop the Music, starring that great decathlete and actor Bruce Jenner. <laughs> I think right. I think Steve Gutenberg might have been it as well. But my my wife she described it as the worst movie she ever loved. She said it was so bad it was. Well, I don't think I ever saw it. <laughs> so, so good thing they didn't make, uh, you know, making it after that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but anyway, yeah, the movie was supposed to be, you know, a, a vehicle. I, I, I remember for... reading about that, you know, yeah. one day going down a, uh, a rabbit hole in the Wikipedia world. Yeah. So, yeah, but, um, you know, village people, I mean, they're, they're, they're part of the culture, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, number two. She's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, th- so this is Hot Stuff by Donna Summer. Um, Donna Summer, huge, huge artist during this time. Fantastically talented. This is a, this is a great song, um, you know, as a disco song. Uh, solid guitar solo in the middle of this, you know? It's like you kind of get lost sometimes in the chorus of these disco songs. But, um, hey, Donna Summer, you know, the queen of disco, rightfully so. Eight top five hits between 77 and 79. The 20th best-selling artist of the decade. Um, So here's something that you'll find interesting, uh, Pete. Um, Did you know that Donna Summer was fluent in German. Yeah, she was. Yeah, she lived in Germany. She married a Kraut. 
Yeah, yeah. So yeah. her she her actual first um, uh, single release, uh, she played Sheila in the Munich production of Hair. And um, the Aquarius in German was released as a single. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> no, that, that'd be interesting to look yeah. up someday. Yeah. Now, now, was Giorgio um, Morato, um, was he part of this record, you know? Because, you know, all the stuff that he did, uh, um, I Feel Love, you know, that's what she was on originally that, that he did. And then, um, you know... I'm not a big Giorgio Morato guy. I mean, I, th- I think he's still with us. You know, he's a French uh, guy. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I, I forget the race. Is that what that song is called? So. Yeah. But yeah. um, yeah, so many hits. I mean, I, you know, it's funny you mentioned the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and there's a whole, uh, you know, controversy about that. What artists get in around i almost think they shouldn't call it the rock rock and roll hall they call it the pop music yeah um uh, but um she would donna summer was the first artist to have three consecutive double albums to reach number one wow over an album chart um and she had a great voice she could do a lot of stuff beyond this though um mm-hmm. so uh you know rest in peace too bad uh was she in the whiz or was that uh diana ross that was diana ross played uh yeah, right. Dorothy so, the so, so when when the Jacksons came out, was the Wiz before this? I think the Wiz was before this. All right, um, not too much before this though. Uh, so I remember being, you know, in later in my maybe junior high years, the um, the school putting on the musical, <laughs> the yeah. Wiz. Yeah. All all I know is is that. Um, I, I think I caught bits. I never saw the Wiz when it came out, and I knew it was there. And they had that song "Ease On Down, Ease On Down the Road." Yeah, yeah. And and I don't I don't know who did that. If that was Michael Jackson, or I I, I don't remember. Or yeah, the cast. That was the cast. Um, yeah. Nipsey Russell. But that's yeah, and I and Michael to, Jackson. I tried to watch the Wiz a couple of years ago. It was on something because I wanted to see the Clown Prince of what, what was his Clown Prince of TV or what what, what did they call Nipsey Russell? Yeah, uh, God, I don't remember. But he was like one of those early ones that we used to rhyme everything, you know. <laughs> but uh, what yeah. was he? What was what was he on? Was he on like um, he, Hollywood Squares? Yeah, he, he was one of those like celebrities. I don't know if he, he did, you know, what his original thing was, whether he was like stand-up comedy or, or what. But he was one of those like. There were a lot of them in the 60s and 70s that would just show up on these shows. And it's like everybody knows who, they're at, who they are, but, um, you know, what what was their claim to fame? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he was Carlo- poet, poet laureate of television. Ah, yeah, yeah. Because right. he did, yeah, he rhymed everything. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 And so. so, you know, he, he uh, you know, wow, he died at age 87. Uh, Ah. Already 17 years. He was born in 1918, so he, he lived a long life. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. God bless him. Yeah, and and it, yeah. it says here on the on the Wikipedia, it must be true, um, <laughs> that he worked all the way up to his, you know, when he when he left us. He was in the Match Game, Password, Hollywood Squares, Tell the Truth, and Pyramid. Mm, okay. Yeah. Yeah. All, all those huge game shows, huh? And the, well, the whole thing is, is that it says here, 
Well, he was on the Dean Martin Celebrity Roast. I remember that. But he also appeared with a late night with Conan O'Brien in the early years. And you're a big Conan O'Brien guy. Yeah, yeah. I do remember him being on the show. Yeah, yeah. That was real early before the show took off. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, interesting. Interesting little segue there. Well, yeah. All right. Yeah. Because we number one. Yeah, drum roll. Um, so reunited and it feels so good <laughs> uh you got reunited with your uh meal <laughs> my lunch yeah yeah okay. peaches and herb yeah yeah so huge huge song um and the, uh, apparently the producer freddie perrin he knew it he he called the the album the album that this came out on, he called this song the secret weapon on the album. Um, you still hear this one on the radio all the time. Um, and and uh, Casey said that, uh, you know, Peaches and Herb, uh, this was a huge comeback for them, getting two uh, uh, big hits um, in, in this period. Uh, the other being a Shake Your Groove thing. Um, yeah. But uh, Herb or Herb uh, was Herb Fame born Herb Feemster Carnation <laughs> uh, Linda Green was Peaches uh, the group had some hits in the 60s and the original uh, Peaches was uh, Franchi- Francine Peaches Barker which is a bit so of a song so he replaced his uh, girlfriend or his, uh, his partner with his another his partner one. Yeah, yeah. yeah yeah but um yeah, um, you you still hear this all the time on the radio. Yeah, well, this, this, this was a huge hit. Yeah. You know, this week of, of uh, May 26, nineteen seventy nine, it was the fourth week at number one. Right. Yeah. Right. So big, big song. You know, you know, I would turn the radio if this comes on. Yeah. Um. I. I, I might listen to it. I mean, I don't know. Depends on the mood, I guess. But yeah. uh, but huge song. You you hear it. It's another one of those that was so popular, just played, yeah. played so much. I think it's been in TV commercials too. Yeah. Um, yeah. So well, that's it. Yeah, that's it. So, um, you know, you can probably tell why subtitled this episode "Deep in the Heart of Disco" uh, because of the number of disco songs in this, and also, so in in the. Uh, the rating the seventies book that I mentioned in the beginning of the podcast, they had this chart and it showed basically um, the, the popularity of different genres of music, uh, you know, plotted over from the beginning of the seventies to the end. And it's amazing because you see the meteoric rise and then rapid fall of, of disco. It's and the peak looks to be right at the, the time of this this countdown. Because um, what happened, you know, six weeks later? Yeah, so six weeks later on July 12th, 1979 at Comiskey Park in Chicago um, was Disco Demolition Night. Um, it was supposed to be like a major league baseball promotion thing to get people to come to uh, Comiskey Park because the Cubbies uh, weren't doing that it's well. the White Sox. White Sox. Cubbies, Cubbies are in the Cubbies are Wrigley. Field. Oh boy. Thanks, Pete. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah. 
Wrong. <laughs> Wrong. Uh, I don't. I don't think uh, either team was doing that well back then. But uh, <laughs> anyway, so the the, the shtick was. Uh, you, you know more about this than I do. Well, but, yeah. Uh, what what it was was uh, the local FM radio station says bring all your your disco records and we're going to blow them up uh, between the two games between game one and game two of the double header and so what happened is they set off the explosion and and all the people you know went crazy and you know were throwing batteries and stealing the bases and all this other stuff and and the white Sox, you know they ruined the field and they couldn't get people out of there and they stole the bases and uh, yeah they they had to uh forfeit the second game because the field was unplayable yeah, yeah. So. Not as bad as, because I think that uh, at uh, Cleveland Stadium in 1973 or four or whatever it was, they had Dime Beer Night, and and that that got a little out of hand too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it, it's kind of it's kind of interesting. So I, you know, I, I was gonna mention in the beginning of the episode, but it's better we talk about it now. It's like if if I were to classify myself, I was clearly in the disco sucks camp at this time and yeah. i think a lot of us were that you know we're we're into rock and roll or whatever and and, and really it was just because of kind of its meteoric rise and it how it took over the airwaves and the, the culture of it and etc um but i you know personally there there were certainly songs in the disco era of disco songs that i that i liked um, and now, you know, looking back at it uh, X number of years later, you, you have a little bit of perspective. And, and also, you know, that old person thing of looking at what's on the radio now <laughs> and, and kind of saying that there was, there was a lot of good stuff there, a lot of talented, you know, musicians. And the songs were, some of them were lousy, but, the, but quite a few of them were really good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it... it same thing I, th- I think it just became you know like the bgs it's like you know go home already okay yeah um yeah. and and uh uh it it it, it 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 you got too much of it it's like eating too much ice cream you know yeah uh, yeah you get a you get a you get a, a disco headache you know <laughs> yeah yeah um, the, the, the other sort of uh, thing I remember about the disco sucks thing is, uh, did, do you remember the movie Airplane? Yeah. Is that one you saw? Well, they have that scene where the plane's coming in, you know, for a landing and it's flying a little too low and you hear, oh, they yeah, show this yeah. building oh, with, like uh, disco forever. yeah, yeah. They show this building with a, you know, radio transmitter on top of it. DJ's going, you know, whatever station it is, he's going says where disco lives forever and the plane crashes into the transmitter takes it out it's off the transmitter and they go yeah. off the air yeah yeah so uh all right um so um yeah that that'll uh, you know do it in terms of the the songs and stuff with the countdown so i guess we'll get into our uh, our little uh, you know picks of the week if you will so because of what went on last week, I think what I decided first is that we would do your agonizer, please. No, Mr. Spock. First, yeah. and that's the song that we picked that we think will, will piss off the other guy. Um, Just when you I needed you most. Yeah, um, it's funny. 
that was the one I was going to pick for you as well. <laughs> okay, we're done with that category. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think we both um, we we both don't like that '70s sap, as I call it. So yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Um, best of the countdown for me. Greatest dancer, Sister Sledge, number uh, number uh, fourteen. Really? Oh, yeah. excellent. Yeah, good good choice. Like I said, I. Um, Excellent lyrics. Yeah. For me, there there was no question with this. Um, Boogie Wonderland. I yeah. I, I will will in in spite of that one probably being played quite a bit, I, I will listen to that all the time. I will listen to that till the end and then listen to the um commercial that comes on next, whoever it is. <laughs> yeah. Um all right, uh worst song of the countdown. Well, just because it was driven to the ground, old time rock and roll. Ugh. Oh wow, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I, I'll disagree in the sense that yeah, maybe that's a different category altogether. But um, I, I really did don't like that you take my breath away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's just something really unimaginative about it. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, uh, maybe that's the agonizer for me. I I don't know. You know maybe it, maybe it's a little different, but uh, yeah, yeah. I don't think we have a story song of the week. I well, I looked through this. I couldn't find one. Well, the, yeah, interesting because I same here, and I had to go off and start looking looking at lyrics closely to see. There's some weak pop. Um, the logical song well yeah when i was young okay that's a, that's a story okay. that's good uh renegade perhaps yeah, uh, yeah. it's yeah. it's no edmund fitzgerald Come right on. right uh chucky's in love yeah. Yeah, yeah and he's the greatest dancer um but of, of those i i would probably say the logical song probably yeah. has the most exposition if you will as a you know telling yeah. a, a little I, bit of I, i'd say we leave that uh, yeah, I, I don't think there really was one in yeah. the, in the countdown as as you would define it. You know? Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, most uh, two most divergent songs in the countdown. I don't know if you gave this any thought. Uh, well, you know, I'm looking at things that are next to each other, and and uh, uh, where were we? Uh, you know, shake your body to the ground, and just when I needed you most, which are right next to each other, those are very divergent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't, I, I don't know. I, I didn't give it a whole lot of thought. I, you know, I didn't. I, this wasn't as clear cut as last week either. Um, but even though you got disco and rock in, in the thing, but for some reason I thought um, dance the night away versus in the navy. <laughs> it's just <laughs> I just think again. Uh, you know, if you were at a party. It, seems like it'd be unlikely that you would hear these two unless you know, they had 70s at seven on seven on or something well, you know what those would be two great songs to have at a party yeah 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 you know? so so if i ever have a party again i'll, I'll play them both <laughs> yeah so. or, or on your zoom party or whatever yeah My, yeah yeah you know, this this is this is a pretty good countdown. This is right, you know, this is right when I really started listening to the radio. It's been about a year since I got a radio and you know, I I'd have to say this is, you know, this is an A minus for me. This is really good. Yeah, I I rated it um B plus. 
I think I would have given it a higher rating if I was like a true disco fan. Um, I, my, I think the reason I didn't give it like a, a little bit higher is just looking at the top 10. Um, I, I, I thought there, you know, again, you had just when I needed you most um, and, and love you inside out. I, I, I thought, some of that was a little bit weak for the top 10. So that, that was my reasoning. Yeah. You know, maybe, you know, we'll, we'll we can calibrate our, yeah. our stuff at another, you know, another time. Yeah. Know. Yeah. Um, but I, in terms, again, it was in that peak disco period and, and a lot of the disco songs in, in this were really good. Yeah. Um, so, so, all right. Um, that'll do it. Do you have any closing comments, Pete? No, I, I think you have something for, uh, from Casey to tell us. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. And um, until the next episode, keep your butt on the couch and keep reaching for the remote. <laughs> All, right. All right. And keep your podcast tuned right where it is. <laughs>